up, everybody? It's your Draft Queens, Kate and Michelle. And welcome to another new episode of Drafts on Drafts, where Kate and I drink a beer and talk sports and pop culture. And as Kate would say, we are spilling some tea today, friends. Mm, the tea is piping hot today. <laughs> and you want to know why? We have an extra timely would you call it extra timely episode today of Drafts on Drafts? What I would think you call this? I think it's pretty I think it's pretty timely. The the headline that we're gonna cover, we we spoke about on the huddle earlier this week. Um, but we are we're like hot off the heels of what probably will go down as one of like the biggest showdowns in the NFL uh, yeah. on Sunday night football uh, between, you know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Like Yeah. The biggest That is what it is. The biggest That is what it is. Um, did you, first of all, before we get into the meat of the episode, did you watch the game? Yes or no? I did, but I was coming off of a really, really bad Titans loss against the Ooh. Jets. And I was at that game at Meadowlands. Ooh. So I have to be honest, like I kind <laughs> of didn't, I was, I was on, I was on one. I wasn't fully focused, but I did watch most of the game. Yes. Okay. Did you? I did watch the game. I have Tom Brady in my fantasy league, as I'm sure many people do that are listening to this. Um, he was a letdown. I know that they won the game, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, but it was a letdown. He didn't throw a touchdown. Um, yeah. I needed a touchdown pass. Antonio Brown dropped one at the end of the game, um, but the rest of the game wasn't that impressive, specifically for Tom Brady throwing touchdowns, unfortunately for me. Um, but a bit of good news. He did surpass Drew Brees as now the uh, the all time leader in pass wow. yards. Wow! Yeah, it was it, so that's amazing. That's kind of why I was asking if you watched. It was twofold. One, like, just did you watch it? But also, like, there was just this really weird moment because he was only like fifty some odd yards away from it, and now Drew Brees is a commentator on NBC. So he was there, right, and you know right. Drew. He's like the sweetest, most gracious. Like, couldn't happen to a better. He's the best. But it was like this weird play where, it, like, I think at that point in the game, he needed like eight yards and he threw like a short dump pass and they were like, and that should do it. And then they were like, wait, no, it doesn't. They moved the spot. And then they were like, oh no, now they moved it up a yard. And I'm like, this is the most uneventful, supposed to be eventful breaking of a record. It was so weird and awkward. Like, it was bizarre. I've never like, like I've never huh. seen a record be broken and it be so like, is it? Isn't it? Is it? Isn't it? Like, what are we doing here? Really? I Super mean, there's bizarre. Just some, there's a bunch of weird stuff that I feel like happened leading up to the Bucks Patriots game. Uh, I was also reading, and then we'll actually talk about this topic. But I was reading a headline that Giselle, his wife, yep. and and their kids all left the house for the whole week leading up to the game so Tom could focus. Isn't wow. that wild? That is, that is wild. This whole thing has been quite an interesting, like, spectacle and event and, like, all the memes and the videos of the return and this and that. And, oh, my favorite, my favorite thing that I've been seeing is that Tom Brady has now defeated every single NFL team ever. Full stop. Crazy. Wow. So it's like... I mean, it... It's, it's iconic. It's the movie we yeah. talked about. Like, I just don't understand how you write a better movie. Although, as you said, we need to get into our topic. The last thing I'll say about last night's game is 
it was a battle. It was a battle, which is sort of yes. apropos, I suppose, to the whole Tom Brady, New England Patriots thing. It was a battle. Like, the the Patriots put up a fight. They were in Tom's head. We know that's because of Bill Belichick. Again, we will talk about that a little bit more. Mac Jones put up a hell of a game. You know, it just, it was a battle. It really, it really was. And while Tampa Bay came out on top, New England gave them a run for their money. That's for sure. So yeah, all of that said, if you couldn't guess, Kate and I are going to dive more into this whole Tom Brady versus New England Patriots um, and this, you know, new expose book that was announced, I think last week, there's a lot of interesting little tidbits in there that we can get into. And all along this conversation and journey, I will be drinking a nice cold Modelo. That is your draft of choice for this Drafts on Drafts episode? You know, I think it's a theme that we drink a lot of IPAs. And just today, I just needed just an ice cold, a little bit lighter beer. I didn't want to go with the IPA. So there, there you have it. A Modelo in a bottle. It's great. I love, I will say a mad respect on that Modelo in a bottle situation. Because that's like, that's the move, first of all. <laughs> Modelo in a bottle. Um, I'm going to keep with the trend I'm having a, I bought this beer for the cute little label, and I don't know how good it is or not, but I'm going to be having a Bronx Brewery, it's called Smile My Guy. <laughs> Can you hear it in like the Bronx accent? It's like, yeah, smile my guy. Oh, like, I like on, it. smile. I yeah. like it. So, a Smile My Guy, Happy Hoppy IPA. Isn't that cute? And there's like a little smiley face on the label. It's quite, quite cute. Well, cheers to you and cheers. Where do cheers you... to an iconic moment in time. This is a really, really cool pinnacle of not just like Tom Brady's career, but like for the NFL. This is this is a big week to watch the Patriots and play the Bucks it's with true. Tom Brady. It's true. Quite a wild ride for sure, and it ain't done yet. So this this expose book was, I believe, it was like announced or revealed last week or or so yes and i know right. that you were very excited about it we talked we we briefly like read the headline on the huddle but we didn't really get too deep into it so my question to you is like where do you want to start on this because there's a lot of juice we could dig into i think the coolest part of this entire i don't even think it's an an expose book that's what i kind of had written down for myself it's more it's more investigative in a way that we've never had the it's almost like it's like gossip you know what i mean like investigative (laughs) gossip where for so long there are a select few people in the world who know the inner workings of the patriots that were the nfl team from 2001 to 2019 which was i mean 18 years with tom brady on the patriots first of all let that sink in. That's <laughs> unbelievable. So very few people outside of the four walls of Tom Brady's house, Bill Belichick's house, Robert Kraft's house. Yeah. There are so few people who know what actually happened and and the rise and unraveling of that franchise, which clearly there was an unraveling because Tom Brady is no longer there. Right. And so I, I kind of want to start with just like, the writer who is a I think he's a senior writer at ESPN but definitely was a beat reporter this guy named Seth Wickersham mm. he wrote this book called It's Better to Be Feared <laughs> and it's being published on the 12th so I'm putting it in my Amazon cart immediately <laughs> but he 
besides those three players, he was in the room where all of these things happened. Yeah, he a, was a beat reporter a beat for Tom reporter, Brady. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So to me, that feels super cool to finally be getting like the middle ground coverage from a reporter of what happened. That's wild. It's a long, that's a long time to be, you know, part of this, like you said, this kind of uh, almost like secret society that was the New England Patriots. Yes. <laughs> it's like the Patriots Illuminati. Like he was part of it. <laughs> he was true. just, he was the, he was the scribe in the yep. Patriots Illuminati. Yep. All he did was document, document, document for 18 years. And finally it all com- culminates this week with their head to head. It it may be the last time that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are on the same field. I mean, it prob- it's hard to say. It probably will be. Like, let's be honest, okay? Like Tom has probably a few more years in him. Bill maybe does or does not. It depends on if he wants to stay coaching. You know what I mean? And, you know, it, it's we've said this before, like the Patriots are rebuilding, and rebuilding does not happen overnight, which means that team, look, those two teams don't come across each other's paths very often anyway. It would have to be postseason or beyond. And, like, sorry, you know I love my Patriots, but, like, they're not going to the Super Bowl and they're not going to the you – know, they have a lot of work to do and they're going to continuously get better. You know, the question is, how long does it take them to get good enough and does Bill stay around and is Tom still playing, you know, during those times? So, I mean, I honestly think that's the last time you ever see those two on the same field. You know, it is a good point to make, too, because building a team from the ground up is literally, and one of the most interesting parts of this book, which I had like a little sneak window into, um, but one of the most interesting parts of the book is about when Tom Brady got drafted Mm -hmm. on the second day of draft day, or draft weekend. Uh, He he was towards the bottom of the stack. Yep. And Bill took a chance on Tom, just some guy from Michigan, and said, you yep. know what? Fine. We'll give you a shot. And it was it was Tom and also Tom Sr., who, mm. I guess, as he, day one passes for the draft day, they get to day two, Tom is worried he's not even going to get looked at. You know, he thought he would get drafted on the first day, he ended up not, so... The story that's part of this book is his, like, the again, it was like an 18-year journey to get yeah. to the culmination of their c- collective Patriots careers. But at the very beginning of it, Tom Brady is, you know, he wasn't even around mm-hmm. for his call to say he got drafted. Did you know that? No. So he was, and this is like a classic Tom and also a lot of the reason that the unraveling of the Patriots happened Um his personality is very much like similar to the Tiger Woods of the world, yeah. the MJs. Like he's got this mentality where they they are just so fervently they just get worked up. Yeah. You know? So yeah. the the iconic story of his draft day was when Bill put in the call, Tom Sr. picked up. Tom <laughs> didn't pick up. Because Tom, they didn't know where he was because he was walking around the neighborhood with a baseball bat. And they thought that he was just causing ruckus because he didn't get drafted on day one. Oh, my God. So if that gives you the idea of, like, that lays the gravity of this. Yeah. That, yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes. Totally. It's totally. Cr- it's crazy. I mean, like, it, it, it. look, I think there's a lot to be said about the personality of Tom, the personality of Bill Belichick. I mean, look. 
Bill Belichick's a weird dude. Let's be honest. He is a weird yes. dude. He, he Let's talk about Bill. You know, he he is. He's like, I think somewhere I saw, you know, people refer to him sort of as like, he's like a savant. Like he's super not personable and like doesn't want to talk to you or the press or anyone else, but he knows football. He knows the plays. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to coach, but he ain't nice, you know, or he doesn't come off as very nice, which clearly we're, you know, kind of talking about here in the title of this book, but he knows what he's doing and he proved that he could do it. Imagine that sort of personality going into a room with a guy that carries a baseball bat around when he doesn't get drafted on the first day. I mean, holy, like either they both, end up killing one another or they're the best franchise that ever played football. It's one or the other. And and it went to the latter. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's right. It's right. But, but even to that same point, and we will, we'll dig into their unraveling and departure from the Patriots, which was very much a byproduct of that kind of relationship, right? right? It was spark plug. It was, you know, Tom is always and has become more of the iconic optimist. That's part of his persona. True. He works super hard. He manifests it. Whereas Bill's job was always to be the yin to his yang. Right. You know? Right. It was never to gas him up too much. It was never to put him on this pedestal where he's like the god, you know? Like he Mm -hmm. always... Even after 18 years, he always, every day he worked for it, he had to work for it to get where he needed to go in Bill's eyes. So, like, that to me is kind of the reason it worked out so well. Yeah. Is because they were this insane yin and yang that actually somehow complemented with, like, their pessimism versus optimism. Yeah. I thought that was super cool. I mean, that's the definition of the, you know, yin and yang and that balance that you're looking for. And and it's just like, and then you've got, like, and you see that you still see this now with Tom even after, you know, being on the Patriots. So that's what makes me realize it really is his personality. It's not just a one one instance like kind of thing here is like you know he really like he nurtures the guys that he plays with and everybody touches the ball and he takes care of his team and he and he sticks his neck out for people you saw it on the Patriots it's one of the things from a fantasy perspective we always used to say about Tom is like I don't know which receiver or any receiver to pick on the Patriots because everybody touches the ball and then I'm like well is that is that just because of the team that he has, like he's got all these great guys. And then, you know, fast forward and now he's on Tampa and it's the same exact thing, you know? And then there's these stories of like, you obviously know how close he and and Gronk are. Look, Gronk's not the the sharpest tool in the shed and he needs some help and some, some mentoring. And clearly Tom has done that and it's worked again. It's you're seeing it in Tampa Bay. You saw it in new England. And then again, fast forward, Antonio Brown. How many times have you talked about Antonio Brown in a very negative light? Many, right? Again, there he goes. Many. Tom puts his neck out there. Him and Bruce Arians bring him on. You know, Antonio Brown basically like roomed with Tom Brady. And now this guy's getting more targets than, you know, anyone else on on the team. He's managed to stay like in check and on the team. So I feel like Tom moving to the Bucks really proved to me the type of player and mentor and person he was because I just thought that the Patriots was such an isolated it could never happen again it's just this moment in time and it's amazing to see that actually starting to replicate around Tom in Tampa Bay with a very different coach now it's it's kind of crazy actually if you parallel the two and if you look at the coaching staff uh, that is part of the reason that really 
I mean, it throws me off because the thing the and the reason that Bill was hired by Robert Kraft, as evidenced in this book, I can't wait to get my hands on this book, but <laughs> the reason that he hired Bill is for exactly the reason that I think that Bruce Arians hired Tom Brady, right? <laughs> right, so right, right. Bill is has always been known as a guy who is not a specialist, mm. right? Like he's not he's not like I, I can relate to Vrabel because Vrabel was, you know, he's the head coach of the Titans. He's a defense guy, you know, right, like right, right. he knows defenses, he can speak defense. The thing about when Tom got signed to the Patriots under Bill, uh, Bill decided to take on the entire coaching staff for the quarterback. So he was mentoring, mentoring, mentoring one to one with Tom since 2001. And he could speak all of the languages, which I all I feel like is really a big point in Tom's corner. Yeah. Because as he's going to the Bucks, not to say, I mean, all respect on Bruce Arian's name, but Tom is coaching the team in a lot of ways. And sure. that's the thing he couldn't find in New England. Right. And that's ultimately kind of, I mean, I think that those those traits are transferable. I, I do think that. It really, it really, it's a, it's a great point. And it's, and it's, it's, you know, you really are just seeing it happen and unfold in live time. And, and, and I mean, God, the movie, seriously, the movie script that is Tom Brady's career is, is just wild. Like, you know, the way that they, the play, the, the, the way that the style of play, the way that it's carried over to Tampa Bay, it's, it's kind of amazing. And actually it really, you know, relating it back to the game, you know, on Sunday night, like that was probably the most challenging game mentally maybe I wouldn't say physically because they didn't they didn't really like hassle him too hard Tom but I think that was the hardest game that he mentally probably ever had to play because you're facing a coaching staff that knows how your brain operates and they know better than anyone in the world you know so I, I I think they were saying the commentators were saying last night that like almost every play you know the Patriots defense would line up one way and then would audible and change the formation up like almost every single time just to fuck with Tom because he's so good at reading the field that they were finding ways to make sure they were ahead of him so wow so that's like kind of a crazy thing too when you think about it like again just like the deep rootedness of the relationship between the two like that probably was mentally the most challenging game forget I get it you're also in Foxborough and the fans and all this other stuff forget about all the emotions because that's even a whole thing unto itself but from you know Tom he's focused on the game and on the field like and that's you know they really they know (laughs) these guys played with him and coached him for years like it's kind of crazy I'm trying to think of if there's like another athlete team combo where you would have seen sort of this whole like showdown later on in their career and it's like not Jordan played as you know on the bull well he went to the Wizards for like a second but you know what I'm saying like there there was never there hasn't been any of those really other moments and I think this like I think this really really challenged Tom and and you could tell that game was tough it was tough it was it, it seemed to me that it was really tough and and the interesting part as you know, I'm almost at the end of my beer. We still I was gonna got say, some we rope gotta, on. We got to get into the uh, to the departure. No, I I think we do have to get into the departure because that that piece is the part that 
most literally I don't think is written, you know, whether sure. it's in this book or otherwise. They didn't, I mean, the one of the more shocking things I feel like I learned from this book was they didn't even, Bill and Tom saw each other off over over the phone. I know, they that's crazy. They didn't even say goodbye. That's I crazy. I mean, they ended an 18-year-long career over the phone, you know? Yeah. Like, there is still so clearly a lot to unpack. So we're not even, we're not even there yet, we're you know? We're probably going to have to do another, we're going to have to do a Drafts on Drafts part two after the book comes out and reread it. So just so, just so we could dig into this stuff a little more, because obviously what we're talking about today is, you know, some little excerpts and some previews and things of that nature, but we're going to have to like dig into it, you know, a, a, a bit more. But I mean, look, yeah, that's crazy. They, they didn't like see each other before the end. You know, it's crazy that they felt like after all the stuff that Tom had done and accomplished that they, they wouldn't feel comfortable committing to him. Like, I mean, I get the apprehension. I understand the man is older. Like, I get it. And he's a football quarterback. I mean, I, I do understand. But, you know, after everything that this guy has done, like, how do you not just try to make sure he ends his career there? You know, to like, just try. It seems to me like they tried as best they could. And they also could have done so much more. You know, right. like, they really... They skimmed him a little bit. I mean, he wanted, it sounded like he wanted to end his career in New England. He wanted to be a one franchise quarterback if the things that he held important, which are optimism and teaching and, you know, like not having to, I mean, it's, it's never about the paycheck. You know what I mean? He just wants control of his own vision, like bringing on players, working with the head coach, yep. a la Bruce Arians. Like, all of these themes seem seem to me to be very clear Yeah, after you kind of, like, unpack it. Yeah. Look, I think he probably wanted to have some fun, too. I mean, that's a lot of winning. That's a lot yes, of cause for celebration. Yes. And, like, you know, I see some of the stuff that he's he's doing now, both on and off the field. And, like, okay, well, on the field, he never looks happy. He's exactly. always, like, in the zone, right? Like, he's never, like, you know, happy-go-lucky on the field. But, you know, off the field, like – He's enjoying himself. He does like, you know, he, he does business stuff. He, he, you know, helps people figure out how to live healthier lives. He does funny, stupid BS stuff with, with Gronk and they laugh and it's funny. And it's like, you know what? At this point in your career, you've earned that smile, have a little fun, play around with it a little bit. You're like, you're an incredible athlete. You've achieved so much, but like, yeah, live your life and enjoy that a little bit. And I probably, again, like, I, I, you know, I'm not in the inner circle here, but I would imagine that that amount of fun and lightheartedness was probably not so much part of his career in New England. And now it is. And now, how many yeah. of these commercials and memes have you seen of him, like, going through his phone and, like, calling all his old players up and being like, come back. These silly commercials on, like, yeah. the subway yeah. commercials. Like, I just feel like he didn't, that wasn't the Tom, that wasn't the Patriots Tom Brady, and I don't know if that does or does not have anything to do with Bill Belichick. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but you're just seeing a very different side of him yes. than, than you saw in the past, which maybe the guy's just a little bit happier, which we're all allowed to be a little bit happier. I mean, I think, and and very appropriately, I know I'm drinking a happy, hoppy IPA today, 
uh smile my guy there you We're go the two minute warning because <laughs> i just finished my beer there you go smile I, my guy i mean that's exactly it michelle though like you're nailing it because they're what the persona of tom brady before and after yes the patriots yes. is like night and day 100 and it's such a reflection of the coaching staff the environment the owners, right the environment and he's calling the, sh- you know, Tom is calling the shots. Hey, he's calling the shots. And I think he's wanted that and to revel in that joy for a long time. And he's earned it. You know, there's a lot of guys that want to call the shots, but you can't call the shots unless you've earned it. You know, this is a guy that's earned it. So when he says to Bruce Arians, hey, I think we should bring in this player. Hey, oh, late breaking news. Uh, They just signed, you know, uh, Richard Sherman. You know, Tom Brady and Richard Sherman have had words and issues and, like, controversy in their past. But Tom's like, I want to win another fucking Super Bowl. And you know what? You're really good. And we have a great defense. And you could add value here. And it's like, I know I don't love the one-year contract thing. And I still don't. I stick to that. But it's more about what you said. Like, there's a vision. And his team is open to listening to it. And he's like... He's doing Richard Sherman a solid. Like I vouch for you, dude. We've had our we've had our ways, but I respect your game and I know what you want and I think you can achieve it here. Like I don't know a lot of players that really do that, to be honest. No, I don't either. I don't either. Or it's have really the, or have the the leeway to do it. I'm sure most organizations are like, yeah, okay, okay, shh. You be quiet. You go. You go play, and we'll yes. figure out who's gonna come on the team. You play. We'll <laughs> yeah. make the decisions. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yo, he he earned it, and and it's pretty cool to find a an organization that will listen to that because that is church and state, and so the fact that they're sort of letting the two mesh together, that's impressive. I, I feel like I haven't really seen that. I feel like it would be appropriate as we're like ending the episode here to just like call out one massive quote from this book that I thought it pretty much like punctuates what you're saying here. But in the book they said, okay, so quote, Tom Brady had been curious if there was another way of winning. And while nobody was arguing that Bruce Arians was a better coach than Bill Belichick or even close, the seamlessness of Brady's proficiency and performance was making his former coach's his former coach's methodologies look antiquated and even silly. It was better to be feared, but was it necessary? A, I mean, what sums it up better than that? It's perfect. I don't think we should even say anything else other than this was fun to talk about, and we will definitely, definitely be back with a drafts on drafts part two after Kate and I read the book. That's right. That's right. Even more tea will be spilled. We will see you all on Friday morning, 8 a.m. for our regularly scheduled fantasy football stardom sit And thanks for sticking with us. This was fun to gap, Michelle. Let's go. 